The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope you are having a great Tuesday morning. It is four minutes past the top of the hour. Hour number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. HappyHiller.com. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center Studio. Download the free Swain Event app for Android, Apple devices. You can view the show each and every morning here on Swain Event TV. A couple different platforms you can tap into. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook Live. December 21st, four days away from Christmas. Hope everyone got their Christmas shopping in, and I know you have it. So, good luck getting it done. Good luck. Good luck. Ben, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Man, woke up this morning. Feet hit the bed, excuse me, feet out the bed, hit the floor, was ready to roll, man. Ready to roll. Ready for some Tennessee basketball here tomorrow against, whoo, a team that um, out of nowhere is one of the best teams in the country. And boy, 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 a matchup challenge for this Tennessee basketball team, Rick Barnes. Uh, close the chapter on the Memphis situation yesterday, uh, speaking on it for the first time in a um, press conference setting, uh, being you, you were there. Man, I thought Rick Barnes handled it very, very, very well and uh, was very transparent and uh, a lot of things. Um, what is your overall thoughts? You know what? Hold on, man. Hold on. <sighs> where was where was all the love and support last night when I needed it? Huh? What? Where was all the love and support from my so-called friends when I needed it the most? Did y'all see Monday Night Football last night? Did y'all? That offense? Y'all. The Bears? They're off. It's like watching two teams play. Their offense, they don't have a pulse. They look like they don't want to play. Defense is flying around. No support, no text messages, no DMs. Hey, man, hope you're all right. I was I was going through it yesterday. Anyways, yeah, I don't care. This is this is payback for you rooting against the Steelers. I wanted the Bears to win so you could be happy, but I don't feel bad for you. We're not rooting against the Steelers every week because you you oh root gosh. for my unhappiness. Oh boy. How long are you gonna continue this fake stuff this- Un- until you prove otherwise? Uh, until you show. 
that that you don't feel that way, I'm going to continue on this road. How many times have I told you I like Mike Tomlin? I like the Steelers. Actions are more important than Man, words. Are you with me when the Steelers are playing? I, I are hear you your in comments. my I are see you your in text. my brain? Are you I in my see head? Your tweets. I see everything. I, when I go look at the last time I tweeted about the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Where well, are you it's making this It's because you you learned. You don't want to catch these hands, so you thought to yourself, "Oh, I better, I better stop. Biz gonna put his hands on me if I don't." I don't know how long you gonna keep this this fake stuff up. I like my Tomlin, just like you root against my Grizzlies. I don't root against your Grizzlies. You, you did in the playoffs last year. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I said Steph Curry and the Warriors would win. I didn't root against your Grizzlies. I just felt like they would win. You, you find happiness oh my when gosh. my Yankees lose. Not really. I like, I like messing with you when they do lose, but I don't root against your teams. Mm-hmm. At some point, you can quit, you, you, you'll stop promoting this fake, yeah, when, this fake when, narrative. When your actions change, I will, I will quit pr- promoting this narrative, this no. correct narrative. When your team loses in an embarrassing fashion, I'm going to laugh, but that doesn't mean I root against your team. Those are two different things. It's all in the same. To you. Falls under the Mes- same umbrella. Must be that message board's life. <laughs> Message board logic. Um, your take on Rick Barnes' comments, I thought he handled the whole situation uh, as good as you can, um, considering the circumstances. Yes, I agree. But to add a thought on the Bears, they need to clean house. It's, it's just not an offensive issue. That is the main issue. But Nagy needs to go. Yep. Ryan Pace, the GM, needs to go. Yep. Yep. Um, Who's uh, the other guy? It's Lewis Riddick. Was it Brian Greasy? He Brian. was going scorched earth on on the guys even above them with the uh, the CEO and the president saying that that they need to look in the mirror and that Bears fans deserve better. Yep, and, and they do because Chicago is a great sports town. So that that entire Bears organization needs a needs a flip. Needs to be flipped on its head. You you that roster is terrible. You look at the Rams and what they did to their to with their roster and the, the aggressive moves that they have made over the last couple of years and look where they are. And then you look at what the Bears have done with their aggressive moves, going out and getting Khalil Mack, trading up to get Justin Fields, and look at the Bears roster. Look at the Bears roster. And look at the Rams roster. Aggressive moves made by both GMs. But the Bears roster is constructed poorly. The offensive line is terrible. Um you don't have playmakers on the outside that you, you need. Demir Bird. I'm going to the phones. Go, go ahead. Who we got? I mean, if you want to start with a, a bum this morning, go right ahead. Is this um? See, I ain't gonna. I, I, I just. I'm not gonna guess. It's Dave Tona. Dave Tona. What you and Ben got to patch it up, man? You both yinzers. What have you? What have you done to Ben? Good morning, Jason. How are you? I am wonderful, man. I am wonderful. I, I just wanted to call and offer support, if I could offer support. Thank you. Tell you that I wish that your team didn't let you down the way that Ben lets you down every day. Oh, man, thank uh, you. And and just just so that you know, there's people out there that aren't fake, truly care about you, Thank do not instigate. Do not instigate. You know, that's like pouring salt into an open wound. It really, it really and, is. And, and really, you honestly can't say there's two yinzers against each other because 
I'm the true Yinzer. I'm the one that was born there. Being a Steeler fan is imprinted in my birth certificate. And just like and being a Georgia so, fan. So I, 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 I'm sorry that you're there by yourself today. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that you, you have nobody there to pat you on the back and tell you it will be okay. Hey man, it, it, it's okay, man. When when the Steelers were were struggling, I didn't I didn't necessarily pat being on the back either. So I don't expect him to do that, and it's all good. Um, but man, my 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 Bears, they they are they are terrible. I my the Detroit Lions have more of a pulse right now than the Chicago Bears, which makes the two losses to the Bears even more funny for the Detroit Lions. But yeah, I the way I feel, which is dead inside watching the Bears play. It's the same way I felt watching Tennessee play uh, last year under Jordan Pruitt. Well, I- I'm going to tell you this, Mr. Swain. You could also, you know, you can have another favorite team like Ben has 9,000 of them, and you could Uh-oh. be a Steeler Name them. as well. Name them. Uh-oh. So, Mr. Swain, <laughs> you have a good day. You're a coward, yeah, my Dave friend, Tona. My friend, my and, friend, and, thank and, you, man. And tell Ben to quit being a dang baby. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the phone call, Dave Tona. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Rick Barnes' comments? Rick Barnes was, was spot on. And to give context to his comments, Rick Barnes went scorched earth yesterday morning talking about the Memphis debacle from over the weekend. He met with the media and right off the jump, was obviously asked about Memphis and about the possibility of the game being rescheduled. He said that we were there to play the game, but SEC play is way too important to us. We're not going to risk playing somebody as unvaccinated as they are, Memphis or anybody. Also said that he has not received an explanation from Memphis. Said, I don't know anything that happened from their point of view. I just know 15 of our 17 guys are vaccinated. All of our rotation guys are because they want to play. Uh, And the the two that are not vaccinated, one is a walk-on and one is not in the rotation. One is redshirting. The one not in the rotation is redshirting. And it, it doesn't take rocket science to figure out why the 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 one player on scholarship who has not been vaccinated, why he has not been vaccinated. Don't take rocket science to figure that one out. Uh, He also said that we're going to play games because we know in the SEC you either play or you're going to forfeit. In that situation, if we only had seven guys, we would have found somebody from the student body if we had to. Uh, He he reemphasized not playing Memphis on the way out the door. That's over. It's done. We don't have time for that game within our schedule. We were there ready to play. We're worried about the SEC and going to Texas. I think Rick Barnes was spot on, Swain, yep. uh, from, from every angle in which he came at it. And the whole vaccinated, Memphis being vaccinated, unvaccinated, it, it doesn't have anything to do with, with whether you believe they they should be vaccinated or not. That is that is a separate conversation. So please do not bring that into this conversation. Rick's point about not playing Memphis or anybody that is unvaccinated as Memphis is does not have to do have anything to do with your political belief on, on whether to be vaccinated or not. It has everything to do with the fact that Tennessee's not going to exert as much energy 
into a game as it did Memphis over the weekend, spend $30,000 of its budget, which Rick Barnes pointed out to the media yesterday. He's not going to spend all this time preparing for a game, dealing with the drama, uh, the the budget to to play somebody that's unvaccinated and have it potentially called off at the last minute. Like you're putting too much time and resources into a game that could be called off if, if somebody is, is not if somebody's team is is not vaccinated and and it's just not worth it. And like teams know the rules but until the NCAA updates its its rules in terms of guys being able to play based on on COVID. The NFL updated its policy to where it's not going to test asymptomatic players anymore. It's if you have if if you have some symptoms and, and you're feeling bad, then then you go get tested. Uh, like until the NCAA does that. If if you are around somebody that tests positive, you're going into contact tracing. It's it's as simple as that. So if if somebody's team is unvaccinated as as Memphis is, and and they get just simple simply two positive tests, and then that eliminates the rest of the team. Like Rick doesn't want to deal with that whole drama, and, and I do not blame him one bit. Nope. Uh, you know, like I mentioned yesterday, the SEC slate is brutal. In basketball, it's just we're, we're coming up on how it is in baseball and football. Like basketball in conference play is going to be brutal this year. Teams are better. Alabama is better. Auburn is better. Texas A&M is is going is improving, and we knew that was going to be the case um, once Buzz took over there. Buzz Williams took over, came from Virginia Tech. We knew that A&M was going to be a better better program. Ole Miss is. Is, is a good program. LSU, we know what LSU is doing. I mean, it is tough in the SEC in basketball. Now, it's not as tough as football and baseball, but it's improving each and every each and every year. And if you are Rick Barnes, you understand what it takes to get to the tournament. You've done this multiple times, many times, during your time at Texas and here at Tennessee. There's a formula. There's a formula that Rick Barnes has basically mastered to make sure the resume is good enough to get to the NCAA tournament. Now, what he does in the NCAA tournament, you want to have that conversation and he needs to do more, that's fine. That's a different conversation. But there's a formula, and that is scheduling hard preseason games, excuse me, non-conference games at the beginning of the season before you get to conference play, and – Conference play is always more important than anything else. Memphis had an opportunity. It didn't work out. It's time to move on. I mean, you, dude. Go have someone schedule a meeting with you, Ben. Now you live in, you live you live south now. Imagine if someone's like, hey Ben, man, I want to meet with you um in halls. Let's meet at, at 2 p.m. in Halls. And you at the house, you drive all the way to the meeting, and then the person, like, no-shows. Ooh. <laughs> you know how mad you'll be? I would not be too happy. Like, that's just from South Knoxville to North, to North Knoxville. Like, because that's a waste of your time. 
There's one thing that kind of grinds my gears, man. Wasting my time and wasting my money. And all Memphis did was do both. 30 grand it took to travel to Nashville. Is it a lot of money in Tennessee Athletics? No, but still, that 30 grand can go somewhere else. And Rick feels more, um, feels worse for the fans. Because the players, I mean, they'll be all right. Still going to play ball, scrimmage against each other. There's another game. There's another game tomorrow for Tennessee. And, you know, eight days rest. I don't know if that's going to be good or bad. We'll see tomorrow. But, like, for the fans, there is no, oh, another neutral site game that you can just go to, no problem. You don't just go get that, that time back, that money back that you spent to travel only for the game to be canceled. So the players will be all right. But I do, I did think that Rick you know, was spot on in, in his comments. And, um, you know, it is, it is time to move on. And glad Rick uh, addressed it head on. And um, do I feel like this game should be played in the future? This particular game being rescheduled or no, just the, the just, series? Just the series. Forward? The series. Because I saw Memphis media member try to make it seem like that Rick was, was small and petty by ending this series. And, you know, our phone call yesterday, Big Orange Mac, talked about how important this series is. It's like the basketball version of the Iron Bowl. And this series is. It's bigger than Rick Barnes. It's bigger than Penny because this series was was strong when Bruce Pearl and John Calipari was there. This series is bigger than the coaches. It really is. And uh, I think about when, when Pat Summit stopped the UConn t- Tennessee series, and that was over some some scandalous stuff that Gino did in recruiting. And then you ask yourself, okay, well. Is that series bigger than the two coaches? Is it bigger than that 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 the reason why Pat Summit canceled the game? Because she was obviously upset about how uh, Maya Moore was was recruited and the things that Gino had said about Tennessee. Like no matter what happens between the two coaches, should the series be played for for the fans? And part of me is like, yeah, I'm with big I'm big I'm with big orange mag. I get it. Yeah, like this. It'd be cool to have this series continue no matter who the coach is, no matter what happens. But I totally understand where Rick Barnes is coming from. You ain't got time for drama. Every time you have dealt with Penny Hardaway, there has been drama. Yeah, you don't got time for drama. Every single time you deal with Penny Hardaway, there is drama. Yeah, and it's, it's, you know, and it's, it's just, not worth it. It's, it's middle school drama. I mean, it is – I just I, – I've never seen a, a head coach at, at this level really conduct himself in the in the manner that Penny has and to where it's always something with Penny. It's always something. E- even when it doesn't involve Tennessee, there's always some type of drama going on. All the time since Lane, he's gotten there. Lane Kiffin in 09 was, is like the closest thing I can remember to how, you know, a coach has conducted himself similar to, to Penny. Um, in the beginning, I was like, oh, man, he's just saying that to kind of get some attention to this program, just like Lane Kiffin. And now I'm just like, dude, 
Shut up and sit down. What's, what is the point of continuing to lie about you know these little things like yes. this? So right. I, I don't, I don't. Under, I mean, uh, I, I do agree with Rick, and I understand where Rick is coming from in terms of not wanting to deal with that anymore. But I do think that this game should continue to be played every single year, regardless of who the coach is. It should be played a hundred years from now, fifty years from now, two hundred years from now. I mean, this this is a basketball game that should be played every single year in the non-conference, and it should be home and home. I know Rick thinks playing in Nashville is important, and it is. not saying that it isn't, but this should be a home and home. Tennessee goes to Memphis one year, Memphis comes to Tennessee the next, and rotate. It it should happen every single year. It it is that good of a rivalry game, and it's good for Tennessee basketball. It's good for Memphis basketball. It's good for the state of Tennessee. It's good for college basketball. This game should be played every single year, but I also do understand why Rick does not want to deal with Penny because it is nothing but drama for for the entire public to see, nothing but drama behind the scenes. I understand where Rick is coming from. If I was Rick, I would not want to deal with Penny either. And I think it's funny that on the Memphis side of things, they're blaming Rick for all of this, yet – on the other hand, or on the other side of their mouth, they're talking about how there's nothing but drama with Penny all the time, and it's always something. How can you sit there and criticize your coach for, for, for never handling things the correct way, whether it be the Tennessee-Memphis series over the last three years, whether it be the, the James Wiseman situation, mm-hmm. whether it be whether he is approaching post-game press conferences the correct way after the game and whether he should be blaming his players in the manner that he does, the fact that he has underachieved. Like, it's, it's been nothing but drama. And Memphis fans are quick to point all that out. But then on the other side of their mouth, they want to blame Rick Barnes for the series not continuing when they just got done explaining why Penny is so hard to deal with. It, it can't be both. Can't be both. Cannot be both. So, and and I, I thought you could read between the lines uh, of Rick yesterday. I feel this is purely my opinion purely my my opinion and and trying to read into the read between the lines go back in and listen to the one two third question the the third answer rick barnes gave in that press conference yesterday i'll give you some of the quotes but go listen and watch rick barnes while he is discussing (laughs) and giving the answer to the third question asked about him Uh, and he kind of went away from the question, uh, which also speaks to my point, I believe. He was asked if if he feels good about where they are with vaccination numbers and and safeguarding against an outbreak. And he he talked about 15, our 15 are vaccinated. We have a walk-on not vaccinated, and we have one scholarship that is being redshirted, not vaccinated. With that said, we're going to play. We know in the SEC you the player you forfeit. I can tell you this, and this, this is where I read between the lines, and you can tell where where Rick is really frustrated and thinks that Memphis could have played on Saturday, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, I can only tell you this, if we only would have had four guys that were able to play in that situation, if we've got seven guys, we, we would get somebody out of the student body if we had to. I think it's the right thing to do for fans. I think it's the right thing to do. And people say, what about the game itself? I believe enough in the NCAA tournament, the committee – 
where if you're on that list, you're there. They're going to look back. They're going to do their research. They're going to know what went into that game. Just like I said the other day, I have a great respect for what Rob Lanier did a couple of weeks ago, taking his Georgia State team to play Rhode Island, a game he easily could have canceled. But I think it just showed the kind of leadership that he had, the leadership the school wanted from him, that he took his team up there with one starter and three rotational players and played a game. I would tell you there's no doubt in my mind that Danny White would expect us to do the right thing. He would <laughs> expect us to not only think about ourselves, but think about everybody involved and do the right thing. With that said, I can only speak from our point of view. Everybody else has to do what they feel they need to do. So in my opinion, <laughs> if, Rick, if Rick feels like Memphis still could have played by pointing out the leadership angle from Danny White, by pointing out the Rob Lanier situation, Rob Lanier example, and by pointing out that if they only had a couple of, of players available, they would have gone and gotten some, some members from the student body to play if they needed to. And he brought the NCAA tournament, which seems like he's talking to the committee about, hey, when you're looking at Memphis and, they on the, and, and they're on the bubble, think about this game they forfeited or canceled and get somebody else in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, man, coaches, coaches are like, Psychology experts when it comes to they know how to say something without man. saying it. Read Yo. between those lines. You you could tell how how Rick feels about the game being canceled on, on Saturday and the lack of communication on Saturday from Memphis. Now, Memphis didn't alert Tennessee an hour before the game. Rick has said on numerous occasions that they got a call at, at nine thirty that morning saying that there could be a possible COVID situation with Memphis. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I know that's only an hour difference, but I do think the early tip had something to do with the fact that they, they got a call just two and a half hours before the game. If, if, if it was later in the day, I would imagine they, they would have gotten the same phone call about a potential COVID situation. But, but really, even since then, there's been absolutely zero communication from Memphis about what happened. And, and I, I think that if you go back and you look at Rick's body language, you hear his tone, you look at all the examples that he gave about still should being able to play the game, you can tell that, that Rick feels a certain type of way about Memphis canceling that game on Saturday. Well, Rick is right. You know, you got, you got the number one net ranking team coming in here on tomorrow, December the 22nd in Arizona. And Arizona right now is, is sixth undefeated, 11-0. and uh, between these two teams, uh, what, uh, 19 and 2, Tennessee with two losses on the season. And for Arizona, guys, this Arizona team is. They're, they're pretty good now. They've already beaten Michigan, a top four team at the time, by 18 points. They beat, um, and this is not a big deal, but they did beat. Oregon State. They beat Illinois on the road. They beat Illinois on the road, but they beat um, Oregon State. And I was sitting there looking at Oregon State and what they have done you know, this year. This was a team last year that looked, looked amazing in the tournament. Do I want to know what they've done this year? Bro. I don't want to know. They're 1-10. in 10. Uh. Like, Oregon State is Vanderbilt of Pac-12 basketball right now. Vanderbilt would beat them. They are they are terrible. Mm-mm-mm. Arizona beat them ninety to sixty five. Ninety to sixty five. 
They are on a 10-game losing streak, Oregon State. Ugh, which makes that game last year, right? Anyways, but this is going to be a great basketball game. This is going to be an enormous test for, for Tennessee. You play some neutral site games against some good opponents. This is the first home game where you're hosting a top 10 team, a team that have has entered the national championship future odds. Like they've entered that conversation because they're undefeated right now and their coach is the former assistant coach under Mark Few at Gonzaga. It looks like he's bringing a lot of that Gonzaga magic over there to Arizona and they're playing at a very, very, very high level in Tommy Lloyd. So uh, it's going to be a good one tomorrow and then you play Alabama right after that. So uh, these next two games, we'll know a lot about this Tennessee basketball team. Swain Event, be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, 
I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. Com. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work from anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home.
Time for around the SEC Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Man, Dead End Barbecue sure sounds good today, Ben. Sounds good today. Nice cold afternoon it's going to be. Sure. Sounds like a good idea to have a Swain event business meeting at Dead End Barbecue. <laughs> it's time for around the SEC, Ben. What do you have for us today? Going up to Lexington to start things off, where Will Levis has indicated that he will return to school. Where was he going? He recently said he was leaning towards coming back, but that he was going to gather NFL feedback. For what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But NFL feedback for what? There's like an t- intern program the NFL? Apparently. He's gonna- it got Kentucky fans all excited last night. As if he was actually going to leave and go somewhere. But what do I know? Uh, Liam Cohen, the Kentucky offensive coordinator, said that Josh Ali and Isaiah Epps, two senior receivers for Kentucky, they will not be available in the Citrus Bowl because both players were involved in a car accident Mm. recently. Everything is fine, but they just can't play in the bowl game. So at, at least they're okay. Yeah, sure. Overall, Marcus Banks, a Alabama corner who is in the transfer portal, he announced last night that he is transferring to Mississippi State. So Marcus Banks, an Alabama corner, headed to Mississippi State. You had Jalen Weidemeyer, the stud tight end at Texas A&M. He announced that he is entering the NFL draft. Go get your money. A&M is losing out on a big-time tight end. And the only other thing I've got for you is a college basketball note in general, and that is the NC State punishment came back from the NCAA yesterday, dating like seven, eight years ago from when Dennis Smith Jr. was at NC State. What? And he's been in the league for a minute now. They they finally received oh, their punishment. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, who... Has a one-year show cause now. NC State gets no postseason ban, but a one-year show cause for Mark Godfrey and six-year show cause for former assistant Orlando Early. So, been a couple of uh, NCAA punishments coming back. Dude, like Mark, Mark Godfrey is like currently coaching or was currently coaching according to the Wikipedia. After NC State, he went to Cal State Northridge. So he got to step down, or is Wikipedia wrong, or like what was was what's going on there? I mean, that's that's kind of that's kind of weird. I mean, you go Google his name, and it says he is coaching at Cal State Northridge. So uh, I remember when he was at Alabama, and. Um, Oh, he's at, he's on leave. He was on leave uh, earlier early in the year. But I remember when he was at Alabama, and I was in high school, and like I didn't even put two and two together when like he was at our high school at like an open gym or practice or something like that. Um, I didn't put two and two together, and um, like later I was like, oh, dude, that was a that was a Bama coach. Oh, that's pretty cool, man. We also had like Mike Davis, who was the Indiana basketball coach, the brother. Um, Show up at our high school, a little basketball. It was it was pretty cool, but that's what I I remember of Mark Goffrey. He had some he had some talented teams at Alabama. Just um, feel like he kind of underachieved, and 
He got caught up, but eight years ago? Punishment coming down from eight years ago now? Wow. But if you're a quarterback and you want to transfer and you want to you know, get that waiver, they will expedite that decision really quick if you have a lawyer. So just weird. What else you got? That's it? That's it. Nothing too crazy. Tennessee, Arizona. I don't have the best feeling about this game. Yeah, I don't have the best feeling about the next two games. <laughs> uh, I just, simply put, I don't trust the offense against good basketball teams. They, they have not played well against Power 5 good basketball teams. Colorado's the only one that, that they've really played well against. I know they beat North Carolina down, but North Carolina's not, not very good. Uh, Colorado is the, the only team that I would be willing to, to say is like a good, like a legitimately good team that Tennessee has beaten. Colorado now 9-3 and three on the season. And even, I mean, I don't really feel comfortable saying what I just said because you look at the schedule and since the Tennessee game, like, yeah, they're 9-3. and three. They picked up three wins since, but it was a 60-57 to 57 win over Eastern Washington, a 65-54 to 54 win over Milwaukee, and a 60-46 to 46 win over CSU Bakersfield. So Colorado looks a, a little – Inflated because of their schedule, they still they still they still be. I think they're like one or two in the Pac-12 right now. Yeah, which I mean, take that with a grain of salt. The Pac-12 they haven't necessarily been blowing it out of the water in the whole football basketball world. It seems like they're going to be down this year outside of UCLA. Oregon's kind of gotten off to a tough tough start. Stanford isn't a world beater. Uh, they do have Arizona. They got Arizona, <laughs> obviously. Um, but I mean, what what bona fide good basketball team has Tennessee beaten this year? Like, I think ETSU and UNC Greensboro are good basketball teams, but they're good basketball teams by the by their standards. Uh, so that I that's really why I don't feel good about this game. Is simply put. Tennessee hasn't looked good against good teams this year. Not yet. Not not yet, man. Uh, Remember last year when we were talking about how Tennessee was constructed defensively and how uh, we had a bunch of players that were long and athletic and, you know, we had the rim protector and Eve Ponds. Wasn't necessarily tall, but we were athletic and, and man, our defense was one of the best in the country. Now, defense this year is is no different. I mean, right now, our Kim, Ken Palm defensive ranking is is, you know, number two. In the entire country. And, and that helps with the USC upstate performance, yep. holding them to, what was it, 36 points? The lowest in uh, history, school in history. Thompson, I, I think it was a Thompson bowling record. I don't know if it's school history, but either or. I mean, okay. splitting hairs. Um, Arizona, their Ken Palm you know, offensive ranking is, is 14, and they have hit 100 points. Three times so far, they've hit 97, they've hit 90, 94. I mean, they are averaging um, 91 points per game. I look at our roster, and when we have our two point guards out there at the same time, and Kenny Chandler and um, 
Zakai Ziegler, we've seen this season how offensively we can, you know, we can be very productive. Now, the height at times gets into trouble because we we don't finish around the basket the same way when those two guys are in there. This team against, excuse me, this team that we're playing against in Arizona tomorrow, their shortest starting player is their guard. He is 6'3". I have the pronunciation guide, and you're going to need it for these dudes on this team. Oh, I... <laughs> you're going to need it for this team, man. I'm you're going to need it. You got it. You're going to need it. You got it. All right, hold on. Hold on. I got you. You got, got it. You. Uh, Kerr Cresaw. Steve Kerr? No, no, not Steve Kerr. His first name is Kerr. Cresaw. Uh, Cresaw. Cresaw. And he is, I'm assuming he's their point guard. But he's on, he's 6'3". The other dudes at the starting lineup, you got... They have a Benedict... Yeah, six six, six seven, six eleven, and seven one. <laughs> um, remember that Texas Tech game? Well, we didn't really get an offensive rebound, and that was a big problem. It was one shot. He was missing them too. It's one thing to not get offensive rebounds. Um, it's another thing when you when you miss most of your shots and you shoot twenty something percent from the field. That's what scares me is our ability to get on the boards. I don't know if we're going to be able to out-rebound Arizona or come close to out-rebounding Arizona, um, and that's that's going to be a problem. Defensively, I think we will call, scratch, you know, hold our own. Uh, but on the boards, I'm not too confident. And I think that if you're Rick Barnes, you're going to have to play two big men at once. And you know the big man that's going to – be playing more. <laughs> you got to play Uros, man. No, you you can't. You got to no. You, you can't. You got to play Uros, no, like, man. You got to. You don't have I know, a choice. I, you do have a choice because it's not your best. It, these, it is. It's, these dudes are huge, man. It, it, I understand that. In theory, yes, you would like to have more size out there and two big men out there. But Tennessee is literally better off going small ball against a tall team than having Urosh on the floor. I would rather go small against a big team than have Urosh on the floor. Hey, I want to I want to see us go small ball against this team and see you know if 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 it forces Arizona to go small or do they do they take advantage of that and make us have to go big? That's going to be a very I don't uh, want to see no daggum Urosh. Hey man, you got you got two seven footers I at the same time. Don't care. Put Brandon Huntley Hatfield and and Folky in at the same time. Put you might see that. Put Jonas Adu in before you put Urosh in. I saw Jonas make a couple plays in practice that made me think hmm, he can't be worse than Urosh in the game. My point is, you have to play. Bigger in this game. Put Brock Jansik in. <laughs> Brock, how tall is Brock Jansik? Like 6'6"? Six, six? Not very tall. <laughs> Put him in. There, there is a student manager for Tennessee that is very tall. He 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 guards Folky in practice because he, he's very tall. Put, put him in. You want to talk about going to the student body? Put him in before you put Urosh in. I'm tired of Urosh. He doesn't do anything. He's T.F. In he's tall for nothing, for nothing. He's gonna be he out there. He don't you grab watch. no rebounds. 
He's gonna be out there, man. You no, better, you better, you better wait. He's, it's happening. You know, Brandon so, Huntley Hatfield was the first post player off the bench in the last game against USC Upstate. Well, he might, I, hey, and he, I think you'll continue to see that. Hey, I want to see that, but I also know that these dudes are tall, and you're gonna have some guys maybe you know get some early fouls, and you know you're gonna need to keep guys fresh. So it's not like you're necessarily super deep in the post. So. I just, I just feel like Uro's going to be playing. Now, someone that has not seen uh, minutes hit the 20s uh, outside of uh, Upstate, uh, and that's Olivier Kamwa. His minutes have went down after the Tennessee Tech game. He only had 13 minutes against Colorado, only 13 minutes against Texas Tech. I think his minutes will go up. In this basketball game, I think he's going to hit over 20 minutes. Now, what he does in that time is very, very important. This is a matchup that is not something I would pick for Tennessee to be a part of. But this is the great test, and it's going to be very important to make three-pointers, to make shots, to make shots, make three-pointers. Now, the benefit is, hey, long shots equal long rebounds, and sometimes a shorter team can get some of those rebounds. Now, rebounds that you know fall in the paint, uh, close to the block, I don't know if you're going to be able to get those with the seven-footers in there. So maybe the long rebounds are something that can, that, you know, can work in our favor. But, man, this is going to be um, a tough test. There isn't just no way that to is put it. a good way – to put it, that it is going to be a, a tough test. I'm, I'm interested to see how how Tennessee responds um, after you got embarrassed by Villanova. You came back less than 24 hours and, and looked good against North Carolina. And, and I don't think North Carolina is very good, but you still beat them down, which, <laughs> which was good to see. Mm-hmm. And you, you were embarrassed against Texas Tech at Madison Square Garden, and you came back the next game and you made shots. I don't care if, if it was against whoever it was, UNC Greensboro. Like, you, you still came back and you made shots. And Were you we embarrassed against and, Tennessee Tech, uh, Texas Tech? Hmm? Were we embarrassed against Tech? They better be. I mean, I'll, With their shooting performance. So, you mean, like, personally embarrassed? Yes. Or not, like, embarrassed by, you know, like, getting beat down a lot? You mean, like... You should be embarrassed by. You should be embarrassed by the way you shot the basketball. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. I agree because that yeah, was pitiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was pitiful, and and they came back the next two games and, and made shots. So, and and I know it was UNC Greensboro and USC Upstate, but but you still beat them the way that you should. So my point in, in bringing up those two losses is that it it seems like they've learned something from each of their two losses. And and Rick pointed that out. Rick Rick thinks that the team got better from the losses. So this really your first true test since the Texas Tech game. Hopefully they they have really learned from the Texas Tech game and the UNC Greensboro and USC Upstate just wasn't uh, a fluke. I did we did uh forget something off for around the SEC. I had it in my notes. Um Chip Hayne reminded us on the text box and that is that uh Georgia, a Georgia staffer Staffer um, resigned. There was a investigation into some harassment allegations. 
Uh, Josh Lee stepped down as the Georgia's director of football operations. Um, it was a investigation going on into the Equal Opportunity Office into allegations of sexual harassment, according to Chip Towers of the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Hmm. It says that the staffer first worked at Georgia in 2005, 2006. He spent five years at UAB and left, uh, briefly left sports administration before returning to Georgia in 2014. And uh, he made $208,000 in 2020. Goodness gracious. Uh, Lee is alleged to have sent an inappropriate text message to at least one of his direct, re- his direct reports over a time. Uh, The AJC article notes that this was brought to attention of the athletic director, Josh Brooks, in October and then was immediately turned over um, to the EOO, which again stands for Equal Opportunity Office. He continued to work on scouting trips to the college football playoff sites as recently as last week. So, Looks like he was sending some uh, inappropriate text messages. Maybe he was on his, maybe he's on his Brett Favre. Who knows? But he has stepped down. Remember, things that happened in Georgia, it ain't really talked about. Must be nice. It ain't really talked about unless it's, unless it's brought up by folks outside of um, Georgia. They ain't really talked about. I remember when the recruiting folks, a couple people, stepped down out of nowhere. And, it was briefly touched on. Briefly touched on. So, I like this place, man. This place, during a football game, will report that Tennessee is going through freaking investigation. I know. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Why? Why my school? Why, why did my school have to deal with all the BS? It's, it's been quiet, though. It's been quiet for for a while. Ever since that coaching staff left. Yeah, it's been quiet. But you know, our our, our media boy, we got that coaching staff out of there. And boy, sure did get quiet real quick. It's quiet. No, it's not granted. Josh Heupel's coaching staff doesn't really do anything to create drama. But that 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 old coaching staff it left town, and all of a sudden they got quiet. And the administration has done a good job too, so it's been it's been quiet. It's, it's been really quiet. Um, Zell says the more Uros plays, the better he's going to get. Ben, he is a no. gamer. No, just no. John K says Swain. We have a seven footer though. We do have a seven footer. Uh, they have a seven footer. We have one. Um, just 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 get yourself ready to see Tennessee plays their uh, play their uh, big lineup. Two big close guys. I don't see us doing a lot of four out one in. Um, now, if we do it and it works and it forces Arizona to to have to match that because we're making shots on the outside and um, spreading the court and you know going Golden State Warrior style, then okay, we'll see. But I don't anticipate us being able to do that and getting Arizona out of what they what they do with their lineup. I hope so, but I think that's going to require us to make shots. Josiah Jordan James has to have his best game of the season. He has to. He has to. There's no other way around it. Well, I, I you, you want to talk about post play and size? John Fulkerson needs to have his best game of the year. 
it's time for John Fulkerson to be to play like an all SEC player. It's time. Hour two coming up. Be right back. Sweet event fueled by Dead End Barbecue.